Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Where, among other things, we'll find out about the offensive linesman. <laughs> But I can't believe the call. Me neither. I cannot believe the call. Hello and welcome to episode V of Any Given Wednesday. We're back. This is the podcast that is too afraid to ever shout. That's pass interference when watching the game because it doesn't really understand what the rules of pass interference are. This week, we're going to be looking at two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game at one of the NFL's most unique and most loved franchises. It's the Green Bay Packers and the story of Bet Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I'm Tom Parry, the NFL fan equivalent of the rookie QB with lots of promise, who's been drafted to a team that already has a Hall of Fame quarterback leading the franchise. Sure, he might be in the autumn of his years, but he's still capable of pulling defences apart on his day. He's halfway handsome and Cardiff tough. It's Mr. Mike Bubbins. <laughs> that is, honest to God, the best intro I've ever had. <laughs> Hiya, Tom. Hello, world. What an intro that is. There you go, mate. Oh, How you doing? Lovely. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. November's going well. A man who lives every every month of the year like it's November. This is your season, isn't it, really? I'm always tempted to shave it off in November, not to follow the crown. And then just start <laughs> growing, growing it again in December. Yeah, you should do the inverse <laughs> Movember. That's yeah, exactly yeah, what you should yeah. do. I'm I'm excited with the way the podcast is going and the way people are getting behind it. Yeah, it's I'm great, isn't it? Particularly excited about today's episode. Absolutely right. Well, you're joining us from Bubbins Bar, which is a hive mm. of Packers memorabilia. So obviously, before we get on to the Packers, let's read something off Twitter. So guys, keep getting in touch on Twitter. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. At any given wed pod. Yes. Yeah. We want to know if there's any obscure reasons why you've picked the NFL franchise that you've picked. But also, I, I'm really keen for people to get in touch who are looking for a team because I really like this. This service that you're offering, oh, yeah. Bubbins. Matchmaker, where... matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a team and catch me a catch. That's it. I'll sort give, you out. Give us a couple of sentences about who you are, what you like, and Bubbins will team you up with the perfect franchise oh, for you. Oh, yes. Let's just hope it's not the Cowboys right now. Oh, God. I wouldn't do that to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to anybody. 
<laughs> I want to read this out because this really made me chuckle. James Wellham got in touch on Twitter and said, well, you started the first episode by saying you didn't have a fancy team, so I am on board. Uh, and after the excellent no fantasy start, it got even better. Little thing on NFL merch in the UK in the 80s. Mm. I clearly remember getting a Lawrence Taylor Giants top, mm. despite being a Bears fan, in mother care of all places. <laughs> mother care. And then he says, quite something to think I was running around in the late 80s wearing a shirt of someone who had taken that much cocaine. Yeah. And that mother care had sold it to my parents. <laughs> I mean, my thoughts on Lawrence Taylor are well known. I love Lawrence Taylor. But as far as role models go. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, that's a strange mix. Isn't it? You don't get that these days. No, I know. There you you go. don't go and buy an Indama and Sue at mother care, would you? You wouldn't go and <laughs> Indama and Sue romper suit. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure they're out there. Also, Neil got in touch off the back of the Friday Night Lights uh, episode and mm. said, I assume it won't just be NFL football now, considering this content. So that's a good show. We might do Last Chance You. We might look at some college yeah. football. So you're joining us from Bubbins Bar uh, for a Packers episode. It's a good place to be joining us from because it is a hive of Packers memorabilia. When you come to my bar, Tom, or when the listeners oh. find out where I live and stalk me here, right, yeah. uh, t- and tie me up in my own bar and then no. cut my face off and pretend they're me, before that, I'll just explain to you. So the whole bar is green and yellow, green and gold. Beautiful. The f- from the carpet tiles to the walls to the skirting boards to the uh, the leather upholstery on the on the bar panels and on the bar seats, the seat I'm sat on. I think yeah, I think I think colour is is seventy uh, percent of what first drew me to the pack. It's a beautiful colour scheme. It is lovely, but that is why I've got a secret penchant, like I've mentioned before, for the Raiders. I look that black and silver is a great look too. But yeah, the the Packers green is a lovely colour. The green and gold, yeah. Well, what is your most prized bit of Packers memorabilia that you would bring to the table? Well, this is a good question, Tom, because I I could do a whole year of podcasts on Packers memorabilia in my bar. So I'm going to choose. I was going to go schmaltzy, because I know you're a new new father. I was going to pick the Packers romper suit I bought for my boy when he was born. Oh, which is hanging up behind the bar. But I think I'm going to go for what I brought to the bar today to to show you on on the Zoom call and... Just before we started recording, I dropped a, what can only be described as a bollock when I, I spilled coffee over it. This is my 2007, this is my Lambeau Field, 50th anniversary of Lambeau Field, 57 to 2007. Packers away jersey in the white, featuring the number four for Mr. Brett Favre. Probably my favourite jersey. I've got lots of Packers jerseys. This or my Ray Nitschke throwback would be my favourite Packers jerseys. 50 years of Lambeau, 2007, Brett Favre. I reckon that coffee stain's only going to add to the value of it now. Once this podcast goes through, mm. you know, once this really takes off, it'll be like, that is a stain from episode V of any given Wednesday. Oh, they'll know the stains. They'll, they'll know all my stains. All the big fans. <laughs> By the time we're done with this podcast, <laughs> you'll know all of Bubbin's stains. We'll, we'll be selling used underwear, Tom. <laughs> once the Patreon's up and running. <laughs> if you're at the skid level of Patreon, you are in for a treat the bottom tier <laughs> yeah if you pay more we'll stop sending you the pants <laughs> before we get on to today's subject i just wanted to flag up some people keep getting in touch asking us where they can find the stuff that we're talking about one of the brilliant things about the nfl is 
like all their kind of programs that they do, they make readily available, don't they? They're not behind any yeah. paywalls. So if there's anything that we're talking about, be it this football life or you know um, an America's Game documentary, they're all on YouTube and they're all available. You might struggle with some of the films that we mentioned later on, maybe, but I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that there's a way you can find those films as well. What are you going to be going door to door with DVDs? I'm going to do a car boot in like I'll do three: one in Birmingham, one in like Plymouth, and one in I suppose do one in Wales. Used pants and knockoff DVDs. It's Bubbins car boot. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so if you if you can, um, just yeah, get on get on YouTube and there's it's all there. It's all there to be watched. At first glance, this could be any midwestern town. But buried beneath the Wisconsin snow is football hallowed ground. Everybody needs to come to Lambeau Field once in their life. It's all or nothing for Green Bay on this one. Packers trying for the go-ahead score. With a minute 45 to go, it's Brent Favre time. We've sold out every game, you know, for 50 years. Our waiting list is now over 100,000. With all that in mind, we arrive at Lambeau Field. And it's an exciting day because for the first time on any given Wednesday, we have a guest. Yeah, a friend of uh, Bubs and I, uh, the comedian Tom Rigglesworth is going to be on to tell us about his Aaron Rodgers experience. Mostly, the fact is that he looks like Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) That isn't going to be the reason we get guests on in the future, we should say. It's not if you've got a passing resemblance to someone, you're going to get the call up. That'd be a great feature. (laughs) Do you look like... I'd love that. (laughs) There you go. If you look like Cam Newton, please get in touch. Do you look like like an NFL footballer, past or present? Tweet us your photos, if you do. (laughs) I think in my day, mate, I've got a passing resemblance to... Early 70s Larry Zonka. I knew you were going to go for Larry Zonka then. You know. I knew you were going to go for I, Larry Zonka. Well, I want to say that early before someone picks up someone I don't want to look like. <laughs> Do you think we look like a, a, an NFL footballer? Let us know. Yeah. Um, but if yeah, it's so, offensive, I will ignore it. <laughs> we'll be, uh, yeah, we'll be chatting to Tom about his experience of looking like Aaron Rodgers and how that worked out for him when he went to Green Bay. Even Ditka's a secret Packer fan so dumb. You're just a bunch of hackers. So if you're green with envy, we're gold, they're perfect matches. That's why I love my Green Bay Packers. Yes, we take our opposition and crunch them like they're crackers. That's why I love my Green Bay Packers. Let's be honest, it's an episode we've been putting off. We're only on the fifth episode, but we, we wanted to do Packers from the get-go. We put it off until episode V. We're looking at... One of the great stories in recent NFL history, the handover between Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, two great quarterbacks at one of the greatest franchises in the game, the Green Bay Packers. What is yeah. it that's so special about the Packers, Mike? Well, for me, it was, I think I mentioned this in uh, in the episode I, uh, I picked it because it was just the first game I ever watched was the Packers against the Redskins, now Washington. And my dad said, pick a team, and I picked the team that looked the nicest, like we mentioned earlier. So purely on kit and, and image at first. What year was that, Mike? What, who who 80, were you watching? I'm going to say 83. I'm going to use Channel 4. I'm going to say 83. It was a Monday night game, so it'll, it'll be 82 or 83. If you Google it, you'll find it. Packers won, which was a brief highlight in the 80s for the Packers. They were pretty bad for most yeah. of the 80s, and the Redskins were pretty good, so my dad had the best of that deal. Um, but not so that, now not now mate well that that is worth flagging up what isn't it it's like the, the story of the Packers franchise is they were one of the great early teams in the game they had a glorious kind of start. I mean I'm biased they, they were the they were the best 
team when the game started. They were instrumental in the NFL itself starting. Um, they've got a unique way that they're funded, which no other team is funded in the big four sports in America. They're the only team in the big four sports playing in a small media market. They were the only team for a long time to have two home stadiums to try and spread the support. Yeah, they're just a unique franchise. And, and if you don't know anything about it, the reason that I, as I got to know more about the Packers, I like them more and more. And this is probably my Welsh uh, grandson of a coal miner, grandson of a docker, socialist leanings, is that they're not owned by a, a billionaire. They can't up sticks. They can't go a thousand miles down the road in a, in a fleet of, of moving trucks because they're owned by Green Bay. So if you don't know the history of it, when they were in, I think, the recession the first time they, and they were basically bankrupt, so they did a share issue amongst the people at Green Bay. They, everyone bought shares, knowing that they were going to basically wave their money goodbye. They're not. Gonna, it was a terrible investment, money-wise. Yeah. They kept the Packers there, and then they did it again, I think, in the 50s or the 60s. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so the people who own Green Bay are the shareholders, and the shareholders are the people of Green Bay. So and then they'll elect like a like a management committee, not like a like a Welsh rugby club committee. I mean, they're all very good at what they do. But so when there's the when there's the owners meetings, there's thirty one owners, and then there's the bloke from the Green Bay Packers that doesn't own the team. So I, I just love that. I, I like. Yeah. There's no way that if they weren't owned like that, they would still be playing where they are. They wouldn't be in Green Bay, Wisconsin, which is like half the size of Cardiff. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? It's in the middle of you know, it's in the middle of nowhere, in a very rural area, yeah. and, and it's you know, it, and it is an area that is that lives for its football. You know, it, it it reminds me of when we were talking about Friday Night Lights, and we were talking about yeah. those kind of towns in Texas where the high school football team is the centre of the community. Yeah. That is Green Bay, Wisconsin, and Lambeau Field. You know, it's in the middle of Title Town. All the streets are named after players and managers. Football is the heartbeat of the community, isn't it? I think the college thing is, is, a, is and the high school thing is a really good analogy, Tom. It's, it means so much to the people of Green Bay. Without the sort of municipal area, you can fit most of Green Bay into the stadium. Yeah. You know, if, if you want a season ticket, you put your name down when your kid's born, and maybe when they're retirement age they'll get a season ticket so I mean you need to be corporate these days I'm sure there's boxes there um, to my chagrin I've never been but there'll be press boxes and corporate boxes but the vast majority of that stadium Lambeau Field is going to be full of people from Green Bay and the areas watching the Packers and they absolutely love the Packers yeah absolutely yeah. And, well, and, and there's there's nothing else if, if you've got a Green Bay they haven't got a basketball side or a, or a, or a hockey team of any description or, or, or a baseball team you've got a Milwaukee and watch the Brewers and people but I mean for Green Bay the town that's it. Yeah, absolutely. And it reminds me, I mean, like, it's interesting that you compare it to, like, the, the Welsh rugby kind of set because part of the reason they appealed to me is because I'm from Wolverhampton and my football <coughs> team's Wolverhampton Wanderers. And again, a glorious, you know, a glorious past. Wolves, mm. one of the best teams in Europe. Yeah. Uh, you know, Billy Wright, the kind of... My dad's favourite team. Absolute kind of cornerstone of the game in the UK is kind of Wolverhampton Wanderers. And then... Uh, years of 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 un unsuccessful kind of nearly fading into obscurity, nearly going bankrupt, and then you know coming back and you know experiencing kind of success now in the modern era. Kind of, it, it's quite well, a similar story for me. Well, imagine that now, Tom. But instead of that, because of a salary cap and a draft and everything else, and because Wolverhampton Wanderers was owned by the people of Wolverhampton, imagine if they were regularly Premier League champions. And they won European leagues, and they were one of the best sides in the world. Yeah, 
because of the way they were give funded. Give us a couple of seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to knock out football. I'm a, I'm a football fan, but I think one of the criticisms is yeah. a criticism of the, of the NFL with British fans is that there's no promotion relegation. But I would say there is, but it's internal, right? So you, you can you can be one and fifteen and then win a Super Bowl in two years' time. So that yeah. there's that up and down. Um, whereas in the football league, okay, you've got 92 teams and you, and you can go up and down, but you know that those top six teams in the Premier League are not going anywhere. Yeah, they're always they're never going down. There might yeah. be a you might get a Leicester City now and again, right? But you, know, if you support Wolverhampton Wanderers, for instance, unless they get bought up by a, a an oil billionaire, they're never going to win the Premier League. They might get, they might be in the Premier League, they'll never win it. So imagine being a small town America in the middle of nowhere, you know. In the snow, where it's unfashionable, in an open air stadium, and it's twenty five degrees below freezing, and you're freezing your bollocks off. And you're a blue collar worker on up on the Great Lakes, and that is your football team, and they're the best team in the world. It must be amazing. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams, so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. For those of you that don't know about the Green Bay Packers, there's there's a really cool site that you might see, a tradition where the kids of the area go up to Lambeau Field with their bikes. And uh, when the players are travelling from the stadium to the training ground, they come out and they pick one of the kids and they pick their bike and they ride their bike down to the training ground and all the community kind of line up and watch these huge kind of gods of the game. I know. Riding a tiny kid's bike with the kid running alongside. It is a fantastic site. It's amazing, and then and then if you look at the stories of some of those kids, they've stayed friends right through university. Like they'll, you know, they'll swap phone numbers and email addresses and how how are things doing with you? And it's not. I mean, in the old days, I mean, not so much now, but it's certainly in the '60s when the Packers were were winning Super Bowls and NFL championships. Um, they were also one of the teams where a lot of the players stayed in Green Bay. I mean, and I draw an analogy with Liverpool football. I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, but a lot of Liverpool players stay in Liverpool because they like the area, they like, they like the, the way the fans are, they like everything about it. So a lot of Green Bay players would stay in Green Bay in the off-season. I suppose it's not so much now because there's, there's mega, mega bucks, but I mean... I think there is something 
with the Green Bay Packers more than most franchises where the players that play for the Packers, there is some, there is such a thing, I think, as like a Packers player. And I've, I've, I've listened yeah, to a few interviews definitely. where you'll hear like a general manager say, well, we were interested in him, but he's not really a Packers player. And there is something quite, I don't know, it feels quite wholesome about it. And I think if you're a certain type of player who wants to be a hellraiser, who wants to kind of really indulge in the lifestyle of being a professional footballer, being at Green Bay, Wisconsin, isn't isn't necessarily very convenient to do that, is it? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's no Las Vegas Strip, is it? That's the no, thing. no, no, exactly. That's uh, you know. So I do think there is some. But I also think, that. I mean, and we'll talk to our guest later on. But I mean, it's a place where players can go, and it's just like I said, it's a small. It's a by American standards, a small town. It, it, okay, it's a, it's a decent sized town, probably hundred thousand people or whatever. You know. But not a big place by long compared to like six million in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. But you can go and get a donut or a coffee or a sandwich, and the kids in the in, the, in Green Bay will be there, and they might come and ask you for an autograph or can you have a photograph, and you've got to you've got to you've got to love that, and you've got to be part of it. And I just think the players who've really loved there and, and have thrived there, like you said, have, have enjoyed that part of it, have been that part of that community. Hey Tom, newsflash: we all want to be loved. Yeah. so speaking about franchises kind of coming into greatness and going from nothing to being able to win a super bowl we're going to start off by talking about how that happened to the green bay packers in the 90s with the introduction of one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time brett Favre. I am saying that right, but it's one of those names that is very hard to get right. When he cameoed in, there's something about Mary. Ben Stiller made mm. a joke about it. When he was drafted, he was described as Brett Favor. Mm. Brett Favor's drafted to, well, he went to the Atlanta Falcons to begin with. Brett Favre. bit Favre. like when uh, Steve Martin in The Man With Two Brains. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plays Dr. Harfar. They can never quite get it. <laughs> but also, thinking about people whose name pronunciation changed, of course. Yeah. Joe Theismann. The uh, famous Washington uh, Redskins, as was quarterback, yeah, yeah. who for his most of his life growing up was Joe Thiesman, and when he got to university, he, they thought he was a shoo-in for the Heisman Trophy, so he started he changed the pronunciation of his name to Joe Thiesman to rhyme with Heisman, no. and then didn't win the trophy. No way! Wow. <laughs> well, I'm Tom Pafta. Just in case, just in case, just in case the BAFTAs are listening, <laughs> that's a desperate attempt to get an award, isn't it? Chasing the yeah, 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 great. Isn't it? I remember being a Packers fan in the eighties, and it was hard work, and the nineties were hard work, and then suddenly, mid nineties, Brett Favre comes on the scene, and um, God, what a revelation! I mean, I, and there's a fella that when you saw him play, and I know when they they mic players up and you ham it up a little bit, but. He just looked like he just enjoyed playing football. Like he loved playing it. And and he there was never really animosity. Like you, you look at other teams and there was no sort of needle with them. Like he'd be smacking them on the arse and patting them on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were trying to take his head off, obviously. It was different in those days with a quarterback as well, the way he got hit. And he never took it personally. You know, there's, there's great footage of him always being like, oh, come on, I heard you could hit harder than that. <laughs> God, I thought I heard you were a good tackler, and it's like and he's just in the game, and and he's and he's a real sort of blue collar outdoorsman type of American, you know, a real good time boy. You just imagine he'd be a he'd be tremendous company on a night on the pits. Yeah, absolutely. You'd yeah. want him on your um, stag do, wouldn't you? He's oh, that kind of bloke. Yeah, 
and of course he played football that way and, and quite famously through almost as many interceptions as he threw touchdown passes. He loves describing himself as a gunslinger. I like the way that Favre's described as a gunslinger and Aaron Rodgers as a sharpshooter, and that's kind of yeah. the difference between yeah. them. And I really like that definition being different. <clears throat> I think Favre says he likes to think he played the game the way people in the stands would want to play the game. And I think that's so true. He, you know, he'd do these really maverick things. He was kind of out of control. He played it on his own terms. It was always really exciting to see him. I never understand in any sport, mate, um, people who seem to get no joy out of it. You know, yeah. I think, why, why are you doing it then? Do something else with your life. I mean, you don't need the money if you're at that level. I mean, he just always looked like he loved playing football. Even when they played against Green he beat Green Bay, played well, for Minnesota. I mean, that I watched an incredible documentary where he said, he said, cards on the table, I wanted to go to a team that was going to play Green Bay. <laughs> because he, did, yeah. he wanted to prove that he was still the man. He had a point to prove. Yeah. He announced his retirement. But then he changed his mind, didn't he? And he tried to come back. So, two thousand and uh, end of two thousand seven, he retired. Yeah, there was there was a clause apparently where he couldn't go to someone in the division. Right. He couldn't leave the Packers to go to divisional rival. So he went to New- it was a real soap opera, wasn't it? Because he retired, then he tried to come back. Packers said, "No, we're going with Aaron Rodgers." So he went over yeah. to the Jets for a season. Did a season at the New York Jets. Yeah. Had a bit of controversy, sending. Uh, you know, unsolicited. We've all done it. We, well, well, I just want to say I haven't done it. That that's, was, a, that was said. That's, that's a different episode. We're gonna we'll, we'll deal we'll deal with that in a different episode. Episode X X X. Yeah yeah yeah. just dick pics. Just that's it. You know, Packers fans burnt his shirt, and it's incredible because, like, a man who would single-handedly turn the franchise mm. around, savior of the Green Bay Packers. Those sort of fans are dickheads, though. Aren't they? I mean, I mean, yeah. At no point even thought of putting my Favre shirt in, in the spare room. It's not, it's not a pride of place. He's still, he's still Brett Favre. You took coffee on it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was to say. Yeah. I mean, he's a fantastic quarterback. Below average actor, to be fair to him. Something about Mary, wasn't, he wasn't, that wasn't his finest hour. No, good to see you. Good to see him in it, though. <laughs> yeah. I've always loved you, Mayor. And then he came back, he beat the Packers twice, and then he nearly took the Vikings to the Super Bowl, but threw another one of his last-minute clutch interceptions and then retired. That's kind of the way he went out. Because I was a Packers fan by the time in 2015 when they retired his number and they kind of celebrated him again and and all the animosity had gone. And, you know, now him and Rodgers are friends. They seem to be friends now. And that's that's, that's great, isn't it? They've both been around football their whole lives. And it's it's a business, you know. That's the way that it works. You you can't take things personally. Yeah. Um, And the fans that burn shirts are the ones who don't, they don't get it. Yeah. You know, you, you, you don't understand how this works. And what made it easier for Green Bay is they had Aaron Rodgers coming oh, in. Imagine what a what a flipping from that to that. Yeah, and I, you know, the, the, uh, again, someone was saying, I'm trying to think who it was. Was it Ron Wolf or someone? The general manager was saying some franchises go 25 years without being able to find the man, and we found the man back to back. And it's yeah, like that, that is incredible to go from Brett Favre to Rodgers because Rodgers took over. The pressure was on him, and within. Three seasons, he'd won the Super Bowl. Like I was saying, I was trying to think of other teams that have done that. There have been great teams with a great quarterback, but then look at the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s when Terry Bradshaw left. They weren't the same side. I said we mentioned uh, in episode IV, (laughs) we mentioned the 49ers going Montana Young. 
but yeah, so Favre to Rogers. I can't think of a, I can't think of any other examples. I'm I'm, I'm racking my brain trying to think of somewhere that went from that good to that good apart from Green Bay and, and San Francisco. With the 24th selection in the 2005 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Aaron Rodgers, quarterback in California. At number 24, the Packers proudly step to the podium and take the successor to Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. I'm just so excited about being able to go to a team that wants me and a team that I can learn from the greatest quarterback of our day right now. And I'm just excited to get out of that green room and I couldn't be happier with the team that picked me and what next year and the years that come is going to look like being a Packer. So in 2005, they drafted, in the first round of the draft, they drafted Aaron Rodgers. And that yeah. always sends out a signal. It's happened recently to Aaron Rodgers himself, yeah. with Jordan Love. It kind of sends out a signal that, look, we are thinking of you moving on. Brett Favre's, you know, what, 38? In the autumn of his career. And that he knows that Aaron Rodgers is behind him. Was there a feeling, do you remember that? Do you remember there a feeling being like, mm. oh, this guy's going to be good? Oh, yeah. I mean... I I knew when he came out of college, I, I, don't, I don't really follow, I didn't certainly then follow much college football, but I knew he was good, and he was a first-round pick. I was nervous, because I loved, absolutely loved Favre, right? So then when I knew he was on the way out, bringing Rodgers in, I mean, that's a tough, talk about a tough act to follow. I was hoping that, uh, we mentioned um, the 49ers, I was hoping for like a Montana to Steve Young sort of... Uh, succession kind of a bit more seamless kind of succession where yeah when he when he go from great to great but with a, with a with an appreciation that, that doesn't happen very often if ever hardly ever i am officially retiring from the green bay packers and really i promised i wouldn't get emotional i'd like to thank the the packers i hope that every penny They've spent on me. They know it was money well spent. As they say, all good things must come come to an end. When Brett left and Aaron took over, Aaron just hit the hit the ground running, and then he was. You could just tell straight away that he was a great football player. Uh, let's just put a pin in our hero worship of Aaron Rodgers to welcome our guest today, a firm friend of ours who has got one of the great Aaron Rodgers stories. So we just thought we'd get him on so we could share it with you. Welcome, Tom Rigglesworth. Hello, everybody. Hey, Tom. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm great. good, mate. I'm good. Hey, thanks for doing this, by the way. <laughs> oh, it, it is, Tom Parry is not one of the best Aaron Rodgers stories. <laughs> it is the best Aaron Rodgers story. Yeah, absolutely. But you see, Mike, uh, I don't know if this is listened by audio or by video, but obviously I can see you. And Mike's body language, I really like uh, Mr. Bobbins. And his body language, when he talks, when he puts Aaron Rodgers and Tom Wigglesworth in the same sentence, watch his body language. He gets so furiously <laughs> defensive because sadly, and I agree oh. with him, because yeah. whilst it might be the best Aaron Rodgers story in, in, in some people's eyes, it's kind of wasted on me. <laughs> completely wasted on you. Way completely off. wasted on you. <laughs> yeah, I can. I tell mean, it. don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm equal past thrill for you and Tampa. <laughs> exactly. Look at him, furious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Our producer, Simon, uh, just before we started recording, said, oh, I've met Aaron Rodgers a couple of times. He's such a lovely bloke and started to tell the story. Bubbies was just shaking his head, <laughs> like shuffling around. He just like, can't accept that it, someone else has it, had a nice time. If I was Elvis, I'd have shot the screen, Tom. Put it that way. <laughs> I know, mate. I know. <sighs> So it's an audio medium, which is a shame because, well, Google Tom Rigglesworth, because if you do, you will see that our guest has uh, an incredible resemblance to the man Aaron Rodgers. Would you not describe it as vague, Tom? I don't know. When I it comes wouldn't. to the facial structure, yeah, like, obviously yeah, yeah. you've got very different hairstyles, but yeah. that, the bone structure's incredible. <laughs> and also, we're in Movember on this record, yeah. but, but Tom's clean-shaven now. Yeah, that's um, right, yeah. When you rock the moustache at the same time that 12 is rocking his moustache. Yes, yes. I used to have the, uh, the zapper. So, Tom, when did you realise that you had this? Was it pointed out to you or were you watching? Are you it, a fan? Uh, no, no. I, I had no, absolutely no idea. What? What? No, he's not at all. Uh, what <laughs> That's happened? Steady mind. What? <laughs> <laughs> steady mind. A steaming bull. <laughs> what happened was I did a... Um, I was doing a tour of stand-up at the time. And I did like a radio interview type thing for, um, for uh, uh, I think I think it was Gabby Roslin or someone like that. It was on BBC London Radio. Like it's just this sort of cosy afternoon chat type thing. It was all yeah. nice. And um, uh, this was, when would this have been now? 2012 or something, I think. Mm. But Twitter, I don't really get, I don't really involve myself in that sort of thing very much, but it was quite new. It wasn't, it wasn't like it is now. Let's put it that way. But the, the, the thing to do at the time was to go on Twitter, especially when you'd met one of the broadcasting greats, such as it might have been Gabby Roslin, someone like that. Yeah. Um, that ballpark. That ballpark. Um, went on Twitter to sort of thank her. That was the idea, right? And, um, and, and my Twitter thing was full of people saying, oh, Aaron Rodgers is presenting this science show. Now, the background to that is that I presented oh, yeah, this yeah, science yeah. programme that was quite big in America. I couldn't believe how popular it was, and it ran for years, and like five or six years we did it for. And I was on that, and it wasn't played very much here, but it was, like I say, it had quite a following in America, so people were sharing screenshots of me. Look at this, Aaron Rodgers is on this science programme. And I had no idea who he was. <laughs> like, what on earth is going on here? I thought I'd been hacked. So... I looked into it some more, and I'll never forget the day because I was cooking Sunday dinner. Um, and so in the middle of this quite drawn-out, long Sunday roast procedure, I started to look into who Aaron Rodgers was. Sunday roast procedure. Yeah, and then discovered to my... Yeah. To my I'll never forget it. Turning to my wife saying, Lulu, Aaron Rodgers is absolutely massive. Like mm, He's, he's yeah. like the David Beckham Maradona. He's like, it's, it's a huge, huge yeah. uh, sportsman. Um and this is insane. Uh, so what am I going to do? Um, so we, I, I, I thought about it. I thought I've got to do something because these opportunities are, are rare at the, the very best. And you've always, I think, with any opportunity like this, you've just got to run at it, shouting. That's the best <laughs> yeah. thing to do when, when life yeah, goes yeah. up, this kind of thing. So I got in touch with a friend of mine who's quite handy with cameras and editing and stuff. And we made a little video where I pretended to be Aaron Rodgers' Long lost relatives who live in a which little, which is very good, by the way. Oh, thanks very much, mate. Yeah, we, that, we did that in a, a little place um, in Yorkshire called um, Saltaire, uh, and I was just, it was just an afternoon messing about, but it was just me in wigs and daft voices, pretending to not really know why we're so good at throwing or catching or whatever. Um, and he, bless him, Aaron Rodgers, retweeted that 
and I remember that as a moment. I was leaving oh. a, leaving a gig, and I noticed he'd retweeted it saying "nice tash" or something. And then it all went a bit bananas. And then <laughs> and then uh, a guy from NFL Films, who are this uh, um, little production company who make them kind of sweet little videos about fans being reunited or. or um. They're a massive company. Basically. No, no. Well, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> steady, steady, Mike, steady. But of course, this is pre-Zoom, so we Skype, um, and uh, and he was freaking out. Going, oh my god, you look just like him. Uh, so, <laughs> so we, so we set it up. I went over to Green Bay. I did three gigs at their little comedy club. How did uh, they go? Uh, the first one was was a very i just got off the plane so it was a kind of almost controlled fall yeah like it yeah. was a death that <laughs> that was almost engineered oh, by myself to just get that out of the way um <laughs> let, let's have everyone stare at me and let me say everything that definitely won't work and then the next night i did another gig but the film crew had turned up by then it's great to be here in, in green bay uh i know <laughs> my name is tom I'm from Sheffield. That's in England. <laughs> You've got to understand, right? Like, I look like this, and uh, this is a very, very honed look, you know. <laughs> Imagine my surprise when someone said, oh, there's somebody who looks like you. What? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the idea of the trip. I'm going to try and meet Aaron Rodgers. I mean, do you think that's a good idea or, 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 or bonkers? Or, uh... Then we went to meet the mayor. But that was a really sweet moment. When we did meet the mayor, the mayor was supposed to give me a cheese head, like they're famous for, but he, he ended up giving me a key. I've got a key to Green Bay. I'm I just get annoyed now. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I told you this, Mike. I've got a key to Green Bay. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers hasn't got a key to Green Bay. Can, can, you, can you cut a copy of it for Bubbins? Yeah. <laughs> Take it down the key cutting shop. <laughs> it's quite big and ceremonial. It's not a Yale. But I just... I just I, the, now, the first... I'll let Tom get back in a minute, but the, the first I heard of this was I was in my bedroom upstairs. I think my little boy had just been born. Yeah, it was about 2012. And Tom phoned me up. We gigged together a few times. And I really like him. We got on well. And he knew I was a big Packers fan. And I think we we did we talked. No, I don't think we ever talked about the Packers. He got I get a phone call and he's just saying you'll never guess where I've just been. <laughs> and I think you just come back from Green Bay. And I it was apart from what I heard about my mum dying on the phone. It was like the second worst phone call I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Consumed with jealousy for, <laughs> for about twenty minutes. Uh, but the video is—if you—we'll we'll put a link to the video on the on the Twitter. The video was flipping brilliant, Tom. Can't remember the exact order. Uh, we went to the cafe bit. Um, I can tell you all of it. Uh, no, well, yeah, I'm sure, but it, it, we filmed it out of order. Um, <laughs> Do you watch it every okay. day, Mike? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> through the tears. It, it's a screensaver. He stops moving for a bit, and it'll just kick in. <laughs> If I'm having a good day, I just stick it on for a bit of balance. <laughs> uh, I think first of all we went to the cafe, um, yeah, and uh, and 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 spoke to a few people because it just so happened that that day was the day. I think it was kind of loosely planned around this, although obviously there was a lot of schedules to consider. But they have a special day because, as you know, the Packers are an amazing family and a social organisation, aren't they? 
So they yeah. have that day where the players come down on their bikes. So I was got involved with that. I think we did that. We went to the cafe first, then the bike bit. Then I went to meet maybe the mayor and got the key, and then and then I went to meet the seamstress. Who gave oh, me a shirt? Yeah, we just shirt. yeah. yeah. it's shirt. a proper game shirt as well, mate. I know. I love it. It's well, I know. Heavy. I've seen it. Thanks. Heavy. Um, <laughs> but didn't you see where your name is like is just past the limit of an NFL shirt? That's as well, right. Isn't it? Yeah, it would be uh, the play. If I was a player, I mean, we can all do it. If yeah. I was a player, I would be allowed it. But as a fan, you wouldn't be allowed that many. Letters oh, on right. Your shirt. Is that right? So that so. Um, oh, what was she called? The seamstress. She was on the video. I can't remember her name. She was a classic. She was a brilliant woman. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's totally a name completely fits. So I can't remember what it is. Uh, anyway, um, Mrs. Stitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Helen Needle. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, um, got the shirt. And then... Marjorie Singer. <laughs> I think it's Barbara. There you go. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Barbara you, Bobbins. When you see it, yeah. when you see it you go. She relates to you, Mike. Totally. <laughs> I wish, I wish. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we went, and we're in like, we were in like the bowels of Lambeau Fields, it was like underneath the stadium. Like I was in, I remember being in a bit, because obviously football grounds, they're amazing places, even like, well, almost more when they're empty. You know, when you walk out, I've only ever walked into like English soccer grounds and that when they've been empty. And they're, they're, that, they're so special. Um, and this it's like, like being that. in an empty cathedral, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they're incredible. I remember going into an underground bit because we were going to go out onto the pitch, boiling hot. I remember that, and I had loads of layers on because I had to have different, I had to sort of keep undressing and stuff. I remember nearly fainting, but I went past the bit that was really surreal. Where I wish you had. You were, <laughs> you were called Mike Bobbins. He's gone. <laughs> yeah. I went through a bit in the like underneath the stands of the stadium where it's all just concrete. You know, like uh, where where the delivery bit because what i walked past was the maddest thing it was like a game day's worth of hot dog buns i don't know if you can imagine <laughs> what oh, well. was that like it yeah, was yeah. just rack after rack after rack after rack it went on for ages like a computer game it just <laughs> all the way down I had to walk past all them and then such a yorkshire reaction that the thing you were most impressed about was bread, <laughs> <laughs> bread. Oh, the amount just, of bread like, like, you know, never I, seen bread rolls like it I was, I was in awe of the you know the engineering and the construction of the place but i, I really did cock an eyebrow at the the, the quantity, <laughs> the quantity <laughs> of bread rolls. i mean because i was thinking i love john for sender doing that, that. <laughs> Bread, a staple of the American diet since. Yeah. No, it was quite something. But but they're there all day, yeah. aren't they? So I was thinking, God, there's like 80,000 of them. If you got two each. Right. Suddenly, that adds get, get off the got, bread, Tom. Get, get to the good stuff. <laughs> Talk to him. We'll met, take the bread the as red. <laughs> as a footnote to the bread, it was soft white. Adam Rogers' favourite bread was? So we, well, then we get, we get to the... T I'll go out the tunnel. Very special, yeah. um, and uh, I meet Randall Cobb first of all. Yeah, yeah. He was the first player that I met. I remember that, and uh, he got remarkably uh, eyes, like really, really like you just sort of hypnotic eyes. Um, really sweet guy, and then he was freaked out by you as well, though, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was actually. Um, mm. And then uh, next thing, yeah, Aaron Rodgers just rocks up behind. Oh. You look yeah. just like me. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're related somewhere down the line. We must be, right? Yeah, we yeah. Let me see your hands. You got big hands, right? Yeah. All right. 
Yeah. A little space. Okay. Okay. One finger on okay. the second lace. That was perfect. Were you intentionally trying to throw it back? <laughs> I thought you were going to run. We're definitely not related. <laughs> no, it's it's here. It's. Oh yeah. Ah. Little hips into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like I Granny, you... like Granny taught us. Was he a good bloke? Did, was he was he lovely. Yeah, it seems like he is. He's really funny, really sweet, really into the idea of it. Uh, and then he did something really nice because the guy who made that film, the director, Chris, does a lot of these films where they're, you know, behind the scenes at football teams and stuff. And he said, you never get invited into the dressing room like yeah, or yeah. where all these little film crews will just get doors slammed in the face. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers waved us in. Oh, come on in, lads. Uh, that's, oh, so we God. were in the dressing room. And it was, it was surreal because... Um, He's going, and Aaron's going, yeah, he's my cousin, blah, blah, blah. Aaron. Our mums, our sisters, once we moved or something like ah. that. All this kind of joking about. <laughs> Players believe in it. And then uh, Aaron just goes, Tom, you've got to meet... Um, and he says some megastar's name. Uh, and I just went up to the wrong guy. And went, oh, oh Julius Peppers. It's Julius Peppers. So bad. I know how bad that looks, but I, yeah. I, I absolutely no idea who these guys were. You were shaking around with the boy who made the tea, were you? Or something, or? <laughs> That's an excellent batch of bread you've got out there. Is this... <laughs> I can see why you're held in such high regard around here. <laughs> did oh, did you get to watch a game or anything like that? Or have you... Uh, no, not live, no, no. Um, have you followed them since, though? Do you get yourself to be a I, Packers fan? I, I can't claim that at, at the moment because I've just been uh, so bogged down with... Uh, fatherhood basically and doing yeah, yeah. Um, got twins mate that's a lot yeah but at the time no I, then i got i got friendly with uh, the uk packers if, if you lads who watch the football down in um, i met i saw you at one of them mike I think. yeah 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 you you were holding court it was hilarious so <laughs> the hippodrome casino that's in right. London. yeah 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 and we went to, to do the nfl and that's they did really well that year bubbins just at the back of the room seething yeah 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 um, because i was there and i I walked, I, I'd been to a few of those Hippodrome nights with a couple of my mates who are big NFL fans. And they 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 were the only place, in, I think, in Europe that could show all the games. They had, they had a license to show. Yeah, it was like a war room, wasn't it? Yeah. So all the Green Bay UK Packers fans were sat there. But like they, their guest of honour was Tom. <laughs> and I wanted to say he's a fucking fraud. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I've always said I don't really know. But they were really sweet. They talked me through yeah, yeah. the rule. I did follow it for that year and the year after. I gigged with Tom a, a, a year or two after this. In Cardiff? And I, yeah, and I jokingly, I think Panath, but it was close, yeah. I jokingly said to you, how is your mate Aaron doing? And you just done a, what, was it one of the highest stand-up gigs? That, didn't you do Everest Base oh, yeah, Camp yeah, or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. He said, oh, he's, he's just texted me, actually. And you get the phone out, and there's like this text from Aaron Rodgers. I thought, you, <laughs> absolute... <laughs> oh, it did. It was. It was. It was just to wish me well, you know. Um, yeah, that's fine. Uh, um, and did you give him a scarf, mate? Did I gave, gave him a Wednesday him a... scarf. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, which he's, he's, yeah, I, I hope he's kept uh, dear. I'm sure he saw it in his locker, mate, at, at an interview. I'm sure it was hanging up. Yeah, it is. It's a, I believe so. My memory's a bit fuzzy as to the order because I was I was super busy at the time with one thing and another, and part of it was going to New Zealand and Australia to do that. Uh, festival tour mm-hmm. and so there is a photo of me at the like sydney theater uh, it's like who's on tonight but you know that red writing that they put on it's a really specific font yeah, yeah. On, the, on the on the front of theaters and stuff there's that and it says appearing tonight aaron rogers and me stood in the doorway just 
like oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I've got a photo of that I didn't do anything with it but that was one idea was to make it appear that it was gonna because I just uh, I was in the little room at that same theater so I just had a word with a guy who does the lettering and said you don't need to change him over just write this and call me <laughs> <laughs> one final thing to, to yeah if you want to make Mike Bubbins even more jealous perhaps was yes then, please the final thing that I did well I did an advert that was that was like amazingly uh, handy uh, but I got I, I went to a Packers and fam and fans holiday at the Hard Rock Cafe in Mexico, and I did. Uh, there was about there was about eight or ten Packers players there. John Coon was there. Daytone, the guy Daytone, and the guy called Ah, oh, forgot his name. Really sweet guy, and uh, I did a gig for everybody. You don't even know who they are. This steady, is steady, Mike, steady. I've not. Had I've had to go. I've had to go and get a load of wood chips for the chickens this morning. I did intend to revise a bit for this by no. learning the names of these people. Bless them. No, this is perfect. This is perfect, honestly. Uh, so, so I did a gig for about 10 or 15 Packers players and about 60, 70 Packers fans at this hotel. Uh, and it was just like a gig with, I just had a slideshow of photos of, of how the story had unfolded kind of thing. And the funniest thing was at that gig, John Coon emceed it. Um, uh, and he was just stood there, like, hold. It was so funny to watch him just talking openly in front of a load of Packers fans. It was wonderful because they love him, obviously. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was, it was a really, really awesome guy. And then um, uh, one of the players' wives was an opera singer. Uh, she's called Heaven. Uh, Heaven. Heaven. Da Mike Daniels. That's the guy. Oh, yes, yes, Mike Daniels. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, Mike, Mike Daniels' wife, Heaven. She's called Heaven. Um, uh, she, opera singer. She opened with a bit of opera. Then, then I did half an hour stand up. <laughs> so you came on after an opera singer? Yeah, Mike Daniel's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Introduced by John Coon. That's producer Simon showing you uh, there he is right there. Mike Daniel's Mike Daniel. And it's his wife, had it? Yeah. Mate. You bastard. <laughs> Tom, thank you so much You're for well, coming Tom. on and joining us. You're a star. Thank you, mate. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, nice to see you. Brilliant. And we'll stick Good a link back in the 19th century. Yeah, we'll stick a link of the film on the uh, on the on the on the Twitter account. Uh, thanks, mate. I'll send you that picture if you like. Yeah, the please. Bread, find yeah. it. Yeah, just, yeah. just the bread stuff. Yeah. All the yeah, bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> hey, cheers, mate. Right, see Brilliant, you guys. Tom. Thanks, mate. Cheerio. Bye, mate. Bye. So there you go. Look, it feels like we've we've barely scratched the surface and we will be back. We'll be back for more Green Bay Packers so we can go into a bit more detail. But yeah, great story from Tom Rigglesworth. Lovely to hear Bobbins get so jealous. If this podcast goes well, maybe we'll get our chance to go to Green Bay, Mike. Well, he didn't even mention that he was out on the field on Lambeau throwing a football around with Aaron Rodgers. He threw a football back and forth with Aaron Rodgers. And, and, and he, he throws it like a man with no arm. you got to move on from this now. I was, I was hoping this would bring some kind of closure for you, Bobbins. <laughs> just, just like an open wound, honestly. <laughs> It's great to have done an episode that covers a player that's still playing because he's just a quarterback who plays the game beautifully, isn't it? And I think it's less with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's less what he's achieved. And he hasn't achieved an awful lot, but it's less what he's achieved, but how he's achieved it. He's a man who plays the game beautifully, isn't it? Oh, God. I mean, the way he sees the game, the way he conducts himself, the way he... the way that it's never over. Like, like all the best players of anything, that... that... If you're two scores down and there's two minutes to go, who do you want to give the ball to in the NFL? God, how many times do you get people to come offside? How many times does he snap the ball quickly when they got 12 on the field and, and, yeah. and save a game that way? He just is intelligence. He's the he's thinking man's quarterback, arm, but yeah. His intelligence is amazing. Totally. And, and like you look at Brady and his Super Bowl rings, and that can't be denied. 
But to watch, I, I just think you'd pick Aaron Rodgers any day of the week. And he makes such beautiful plays. And those miracle plays, you look at like the Hail Marys and the things like that over the last 10 years. He, he does audacious things on the field that I don't think any other quarterback does. There's a photograph, I'll try and dig it out. One of those Hail Marys, well, I was watching that in the bar with the boys on a Sunday night on a big projector screen that we got on the bar here. And I just I just walked up and kissed the screen. I was... <laughs> I just thought, oh my God, what a throw. Yeah. You know, and yeah, you've you got to catch those as well. You, you don't really want to be coming down to 50-50 balls in the last couple of seconds. But if you do need to do that, he's your man. I think my favourite Rodgers moment of the last kind of 10 years was that that sideline pass that he threw against the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was incre- he, just, he just makes miraculous things happen. <laughs> like, producer Simon's met him a couple of times. Tom spent a bit of time with him. I've never met anybody who didn't say what a thoroughly nice bloke he is as well. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think you look at how he started his career, and I think that's a big part of it as well, is, you know, he didn't, it wasn't handed to him on a plate. He had, he had a really difficult thing to do. Yeah, he, had to, he had to fill the shoes of an absolute legend. Some of the fans were booing him. And you kind of think within two years, he went on to win that Super Bowl and just make great things happen. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a brilliant story. <laughs> I'm hoping what the Packers have done now by drafting a quarterback before Rodgers finishes his contract is that he'll be on the sideline for two years in that Aaron Rodgers role that he was like with Brett Favre. Yeah, I mean, not that's... just shipping in, not wait till the day that he retires and ship somebody in, and it just doesn't work. So that's fascinating, isn't it? Because, yeah, Jordan Love now is at the Packers, mm. first round draft pick waiting in the wings. Do you think we'll see Aaron Rodgers play in another jersey other than Green Bay? Honestly? Yeah. Yes, I do. I know. Because I think I think he's still an amazing player. He's still got a lot. He's still got... I don't like putting time limits on stuff, but he's got three or four years easily, I would say, left in it. It's one of the great aspects of the NFL, I think. Again, we talk about narratives and story arcs and things like that. The fact that the most important position on such a physical, in such a physical game where, you know, bodies are broken and all yeah. of that, the fact that players can play into their 40s at quarterback yeah. Yeah. is incredible, you know. Oh, it's nuts. Also, you look at Brady and, well, and Rogers, but Brady especially, the man's a freak of nature. How is he 42 years of age? He looks about 30. Ridiculous, yeah. Um, and far, far, simply far, started 200 games back to back. You know, he he he, he played That's injured, insane. he played beat up. That's insane, absolute phenomenon. What I would say is, if Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere else, and I, and I think if they don't give him a, a, an extension or they don't treat him right, then he will go somewhere else. A, I wouldn't blame him for one second, and B, if you're gonna set fire to your Aaron Rodgers jersey, please just send it to me. Right? <laughs> yeah, because because he, I'll always love him. He, I'll always love Aaron Rodgers. He'll always be a packer to me. Yeah. I don't care if he ends up playing for my least favorite team, which I can't mention. It's the Ravens. Okay, I'll still love Aaron Rodgers. The, the worst one for me would be seeing him in a Cowboy shirt. That that would be my big. That would be my biggest fear is to see oh. see him at, uh, at, in Dallas. Um, oh God. Ugh, doesn't bear thinking about, but but again, obviously you'd still support him. So there you go. So if we do, you know what, mate? Let me tell you something. If if he then came back to Lambeau Field with the Cowboys and beat the Packers with a last minute throw, deep down you'd go, fair play, son. Fair play, son. Fair play. You would.
You really would. This will not be the last episode on the Packers. Do not worry about that. If you're enjoying the podcast, please keep in touch. Keep the comments coming in. Follow us on Twitter, any given wed pod. Recommend us to your mates. Leave comments in the sections where you listen to this podcast. Yeah, let's get a dialogue going. And if you know people out there who are just getting into the NFL, who are big fans, please send this uh, their way. And let's spread this podcast by word of mouth. And yeah, we'll see you again for episode VI. <laughs> You're right, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you've, just, uh, you've lost miles, miles, yeah. miles away then. You've lost yourself in a reverie, haven't you? We need to get you to Wisconsin. He's in his phone contact. When he scrolls through double A, there it is, first one, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs>